welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, the spectacular Richard Dotson, here with my co-host, the sensational okay. <laughs> Matthew O'Hara. I was hoping you were going to go positive on that one. Thank you. I, you know, I, I, there's two ways I could have gone there. Uh, I, I know. Positive or negative. Judging by the look on your face, I, it could have gone either way. I was really judging you in my it, eyes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it looked devious. <laughs> <laughs> then I fluttered my eyelids. Uh-huh. My eyelids or eyelashes. Blink, blink, blink. <laughs> Watch me wink. Did you just... Did you just Wink at me or squint at me? Both. Uh, so here we are today covering the NFC North today. We only got two more divisions after this. Right. There won't be two podcasts this week, though. No, you there get, won't. You children have been spoiled. We've been leading you up to the nerd herd when we're going to do an extra podcast a week. Ooh. Uh, to give you a little flavor, a little flavor saver, uh, which would be nothing like the extra podcast. The extra podcast would be like... Different topics, all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. Winning topics. Yeah. Help you win your dynasty league. Is that why you li- listen? Well, to be like Gladiator would say, are you not entertained? <laughs> Was that a good Russell Crowe impersonation? I hate Russell Crowe. Who cares? He's he's a little hefty. He's a little Kelvin Benjamin, right? I just I just don't like him. No? no. Personally? Like you meet him? Do you like step in your new shoes or something? I just don't think he's a great actor. He's not really that great of an actor, is he? No. He was good in Gladiator. That was a good movie. Yeah. No, it was. I is guess. there another Russell Crowe movie that's good besides Gladiator? I can't think of one, honestly. can't think of any. Hmm. I wonder if there's any. I don't know. And then you hear about his personal dealings, and it makes you like him even less. Oh, yeah. Allegedly, I, reportedly. Yeah, I heard. I know I heard something like he's like, kind of coming back in the day, but I don't really pay attention. So, like, anytime I hear, like, about celebrity stuff, I'm like, oh, the, my wife. Like, did you hear so-and-so's dating? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what celebrity. I don't care. Me neither. It's all fake anyway. Yeah, they're actors. They get paid tons of money. Good for that. Doesn't make it. Half of those people are guaranteed. I would bet. I would bet minimum 60% of actors are morons. I I have no opinion on that. Or at yes. least assholes. <laughs> I bet maybe higher for the asshole. <laughs> anyway. yeah, assholes. Um, for sure. Little news and notes. Uh, Brandon Cooks signs a five-year extension with the LA Rams. Yeah. Locks him up for six years. He's getting paid $88 million, good for $14.6 million per year. Uh, put him in the upper echelon of the wide receivers, top 10, right around wide receiver 7 or 8, I believe, right around there. Yeah, and, you know, he's only, what, 24, 25 years 25. old? 25. 25 now? Yeah. So, you know, this is going to be basically, I mean, this is going to be the best part of his career is coming up right now, and this is going to be, you know, he's going to be doing it here in L.A. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like a couple thousand yard receiving years, but he's been heavily targeted. I'm somewhat worried about him. Just uh, the reason I traded him, I traded him away for Jarvis Landry in the league, just because I'm somewhat worried about his target share. Just because you know Robert Woods is locked up till 2021, uh, somewhere around there. Cooper Cup's obviously just till, till 2020. Yeah. Uh, you got Todd Gurley there receiving the football as well. Don't forget they did invest a second round pick in Gerald Everett. Everybody's kind of forgetting about him as well. Um, so for me, it's does he fall in the category we always preach? Like, will he help the Rams more now than he helps your fantasy team? I kind of always, uh, you know, I think that's that's kind of how he's been for the past few years, don't you think? I mean, he's had a couple of seasons where he's he's produced pretty good, 
in fantasy. High end wide receiver too. Right, but I, I feel like I feel like he's done more for his his NFL team, and and now with with the added weapons around him, I think yeah, that could definitely be one of those. He could be a little bit more of those yo-yo type of players that that's hard to rely on week in and week out. The best ability is reliability, and that's what you need to win a fantasy football championship. But still, a starter on your dynasty. Yeah, he still is. I mean, you, you know, you you might have one of a few of those clunker weeks though in there, which is disappointing when you you know a guy of Brandon Cooks's name value, I guess. I mean, kind of he's out there, kind of Sammy Watkins. You can, you know, we see some of those where, hey, I'm looking for some Clunkberg weeks, but I'm looking for Sammy kind of take a big step forward uh, this year and solidify himself. Then now he's going to be fully healthy and locked in there. But we talked about him last week. So let's get into the NFC North because the Rams are not in the NFC North. So enough of Brandon Cooks. Get, let's move on. Um, There's a lot of Before here. we totally moved on to the <laughs> NFC North, I wanted to just mention that, you know, Le'Veon Bell obviously did not sign a long term extension. I know we didn't talk about that first, you know, before the, the oh, show. Yeah. But, you know, he's playing on the one year franchise tag again. Any thoughts on that at all before we move uh, on? He's going to get paid. And, you know, a lot of people are like, wow, dude, they offered him five years, 70 million. It's almost $15 million a year. That's really good for a running back. But I read today that only 10 million of that was guaranteed. But he was going to make 30 million the first two years, but only 10 million that was guaranteed. So I think he's looking for more guaranteed money than anything else which is gonna be hard to get when you're a running back uh it, so there's a, i mean there's a lot of stats out there that that say you know a guy that's coming off of basically if he gets another 400 touches this year he's gonna be coming off basically 1200 touches in the past three years and there's a lot of data to back up the fact that guys just aren't the same after that i mean running backs like sean alexander come to mind you know when you think of guys that had back to back to back 400 plus touched seasons and then just fell off the map so i mean i'm not saying Le'Veon bell is going to but this this type of usage and and if you're the steelers and you your your franchise is this guy and he's not making the commitment that you want him to and you think he might be walking out the door what are you going to do for your 14 and a half million you're going to ride him you know they're going to ride him to the ground they're going to ride him into the ground basically so i mean do you have any trepidations um, as a Le'Veon Bell owner to, to maybe, you know, if you're, if things aren't going the right way this year to get rid of him. Well, I said it kind of like that last year. I have no problem with potentially getting out with Le'Veon after this year. Transcendent talent. But what you'd get in return could be fabulous. I mean, what if you can get, say, say a guy like Dalvin Cook has, you know, say Dalvin Cook, for example, finishes as running back seven. Say Le'Veon, they do ride on the ground. Le'Veon Bell finishes running back one this year. Goes off the line. The offseason signs with a sexy team like the Raiders, right, in Las Vegas. They want to make a big splash there. They bring in Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they sign him to five years, you know, $15 million a year, too, but they give him, like, $40 million guaranteed or something like that. I, I have – what if you can get Dalvin Cook and, you know, and something? You know, Dalvin Cook plus – obviously, you're going to need something. Right. Right. Get younger at running back. What if you can get uh, – Alvin Kamara plus, you know, because maybe Alvin Kamara doesn't finish his running back three this year. Maybe he finishes around running back seven. But something along those lines, like another running back that's going to be where the point differential point per game isn't drastically different, but then you can add a piece on top of that. Maybe you can get a 2021st Dalvin Cook and something. Right. You know, it, it all depends. Or maybe you're okay at running back like I am. So for example, I have Dalvin Cook. I'm sorry. I have Le'Veon Bell. I have Melvin Gordon. I have Karrion Johnson and Leonard Fournette. You know, and what if I could flip Le'Veon for a guy like Michael Thomas? 
just for example, I'll just throw names out there. Or right. No, absolutely. Something to make guys. your starting lineup better and push for the championship this year. Absolutely, because yeah. I agree with you. The touches are there. If he goes to a new scheme, we don't know exactly what he's going to do there. And again, at the at running back, it's kind of hard to tell with him because if he's going to be twenty six, there's no reason I think you can't get more for four more years of absolute studliness right, out of him. Right. The good news, I mean, so you'd have to get like you'd have to get a good return. You can't sell him just to sell him. You'd have to sell him with a great return. Yeah. And another good part of him holding out. I mean, supposedly holding out of camp, which is which is what has been reported. Like he'll probably just show up first game type of thing. Um, we are going to get an extended look at James Conner to see if, you know, the, the switch is kind of turned as far as, you know, him physically getting back to pre-injury and pre, um, you know, uh, illness form. And, you know, there's obviously there's positive reports coming out about James Conner, but I mean, that's also, that's all, that's also a little bit of leveraging, I think from the, from the team saying, Hey, this guy's doing really good right on the same day that they're trying to sign the other guy, you know? So I, I mean I think that was a little bit of posturing on the, the Steelers' part, but um, we will get a, uh, an up close look at it, you know, in the preseason, which, which is, is nice. Which is what I'm looking forward to see him, Jalen Samuels, Samuels, right? Uh, James Conner, someone that we were kind of big on coming out, you know, after the cancer, we thought he would need a year or two to kind of get back to form there, and with Conner, we said, hey, his main value, this is going to be tremendous value if Le'Veon leaves, right. and now here he is leaving two years later. We'll know pretty early here in the preseason if that's if that's a good investment, and maybe you try to make a move now for Connor to see what the cost is, just in case. Because if that is true, then you're going to get a really good player when it comes to fantasy football, kind of like that um, Michael Turner, Michael Turner, Turner effect, investment. right? Yep. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, I so we're, so where we stand on that is like I'd put it out there at the end of the season because I think Le'Veon's going to have a championship caliber yeah. run here for yeah. you. Like one of those Todd Gurley years where he's going to win you some, he's going to win people some leagues. And at the end of that year, when you finish with those kind of stats, right after that year ends, I'm absolutely going to put him on a block. And I'm, I probably, with me as a Le'Veon owner, I might even be aggressive with it where I'll go to every single team and make an offer to every single team that at least that has a player that I'd want and what I would want in return for Le'Veon. Right. Um, some people I'd probably ask for an overpay, and some people are trying to ask for like a straight flip, um, which is fair. But, again, sometimes it's hard to do when you're looking for – like say you want to trade for a guy like Michael Thomas, for example. Maybe my, Michael Thomas finishes as wide receiver two this year, and it's not realistic. But, you know, one of those guys. And sometimes it's hard to pull off those trades unless a person has – an abundance at a receiver. Right. They have abundance at receiver. They have a need at, I mean, the needs and the, you know, the excess needs to kind of line up. That's the problem with trying to trade a superstar sometimes in dynasties that you want a superstar back and it totally offsets, unless you're training a guy like Le'Veon for Saquon Barkley or Le'Veon for David John. You know what I mean? Like one of those, or Zeke Elliott. Like one of those. It's hard to find fair value. It is. Otherwise, you're asking for, for a package for both sides. Yeah. yeah, and you're asking for a package because the player that you're getting is in less value. But now you want him to be offset. Like, okay, I want Dalvin Cook and Corey Davis, dude. I can't do that. You know, that's I can't. I'm not doing that. Okay, right. well, that's what I need. It sets me back too much. It's, yeah, because yeah. sets you back. It's 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 a hard it's a hard uh, deal to finagle. So it's it's someone in the vacuum because it's not going to work in every league because every team is going to be structured differently. Right. On. But uh, yeah. I propose. I'm opposed. Uh, not opposed to trading Le'Veon after this year. All right, I'm cool. all for it. I just, yeah, I just wanted to get a Le'Veon Bell owner's perspective. We were talking about it last year. It was about remember, I was like, oh, I could potentially just trade Le'Veon for Saquon. Mm-hmm. 
here we are later. I would never do that. But <laughs> like, and maybe at the end of the year, you know, someone's like, hey, I'll trade you. So maybe Saquon finishes as like running back four, five. And you're like, hey, I'll give you Le'Veon Bell for Saquon Barkley. And I'm like, no, dude. All right. There. So, Balk at that in a second. All right. Now, 12 minutes later, let's dive into the NFC North, shall we? Let's do it. Let's start with a team that's absolutely stacked for your dynasty team. And that's the Minnesota Vikings. Their depth chart's kind of looking like uh, Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, Adam Thielen, Laquan Treadwell, Kendall Wright, Tavares King. At running backs, you have Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, Mac Brown, Rock Thomas. At tight end, you have Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph, David Morgan, Blake Bell, Tyler Conklin. And at QB, you have Kirk Cousins and Trevor Simeon. When I started there at wide receiver, somebody asked me last today on Twitter, like, hey, you forgot about Mac Collins on the Eagles when you did your review. Is that because he's a turd? And I'm like, no, not at all, actually. We just just overlooked it. Yep. Completely overlooked that one. And we will do that at times because we're overlookers. <laughs> but back to the Vikings. Because no one's perfect, man. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> no, no. Only Mr. Perfect was perfect. So look at the receivers here. I mean, that's uh, – say that's a strong suit when you have a guy like Dalvin Cook. It's, 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 it's not an easy place to start. But the, say the receivers are a strong suit is, is very um, – Dead on. No, yeah. You know, Adam right. Thielen finishing as a wide receiver one with 143 targets, 91 catches, 1,277 yards, which is fifth most in the NFL. Um, Stephon Diggs, who always starts the season off super hot. Like, you know, this year he was wide receiver one weeks one through four. And in PPR, I think he averaged more like like two and a half points more per game than the wide receiver two. But then he hurt his groin. Same thing he did in 2016, hurt his groin. Kind of die down. That sounds painful. Yeah. Uh, cha, yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. But just uh, never pulled a muscle. But the muscle was pulled. So when you're looking at Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, to me, you know, the better fancy product, pro, you know, product over the last two years has been Adam Thielen. Yeah, he's been very consistent, right? But I want Stefan Diggs. I mean, the guy is just an explosive, explosive wide receiver who – I mean, if he can, you know, not hurt his groin this year and stay healthy, look out. You're talking top six fantasy receiver kind of player here. Love his athleticism. Love his route running. Love his playmaking ability. Love that he plays inside that beautiful dome. Love that he's getting a really good quarterback coming in and Kirk Cousins. Love that he has Adam Thielen offset him. Love that he has a great running back in the back end with Dalvin Cook there and a solid uh, tight end, Kyle Rudolph. If you had to pick for your dynasty roster – between these two fantastic receivers, Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen, who are you taking? Well, I mean, for me, I think it boils down to um, consistency, and, and and with that in mind, I think it's Adam Thielen for me. I okay. mean, obviously, you can. I think you can get Thielen cheaper as well. I mean, he's three years older. Yeah. Um, and he, he has had little, you know, little uh, flare ups here and there, like you said, with the groin. So, I mean, I think I think from from that standpoint, I think Thielen's obtainable more easily than than Diggs as well. But I'm not worried about attainability. I'm looking at what's better for my dynasty roster. And for me, I let me put it this way, I, and I understand the stability factor and what have you done for me in a consistency. But I am taking the stud here. I'm taking the high upside player, the guy who could finish this. Adam Thielen, you know, I think last year. With that, with those statistics, you know, the, all those targets, 143 targets that mm-hmm. he had, uh, the 91 receptions to me, even the, in the 1,277 yards, to me, that's kind of a cap on him. That 
we might look back and that might be his best year. With them, as as Diggs is gonna get better, I think it's gonna take it. Because remember, Diggs I think missed a couple games um, with that groin injury. Yeah, right. It, it's gonna take another injury to Diggs, um, and you know, of course, Dalvin being out as well to get to that target share. I think he might be at his like peak number, not to the point where like, oh, it's just here. Here we go downhill. I mean, he's a great success story as it is, but for me, I want the I want the guy who has shown what he could do when he's healthy, who's got the youth, and to give me that upside to be a consistent top seven fantasy receiver. But that being said, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. No, I, mean, I think I think they're they're both really good answers, yeah. And and <clears throat> looking at the numbers and stuff, I mean, they're they're I didn't realize that this was uh Stefan Diggs last year out of his contract either. So he'll be a free agent at the end of the year. They're you, gonna lock him up. You think they're gonna lock him up? Because Thielen's on a on a pretty respectable contract. Yeah, he is. He, he, he's not making a ton of money. I think six million or something like this, yeah. and then then five million next year against the Caps. So. Running backs on a rookie contract here. Right. Uh, I think I, I I don't think they let him walk personally. Latavius Murray's making a lot of money, but he'll be gone also after he'll the be gone year. after this year yeah. as well. Uh, they'll bring another lead back in, or you know, backup running back to Dalvin Cook as well. So I think I don't think they, I, th- I don't think he leaves personally. At the very worst, they're going to franchise him this year and then figure out a way to lock him up after that. I think he could easily surpass that Brandon Cooks contract that we just saw, and I guess I could see him. You know, if he comes out and produces this year, he's going to get a Sammy Watkins like contract is what he's going to get. I mean, if he produces and stays healthy, I mean, I could see a scenario where he's getting franchised next year because they can't come to a can't come to a deal due to all these injuries and and only doing it really for one year. You know, injury free for Stephon Diggs. So, I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're sold on him. I'm, I know I'm not. Like just staying healthy, that's the biggest issue with. with we'll Dave. find out this year. And right. it, again, if if he does, if he hurts his groin again this year and he gets hurt again this year, of course my opinion is going to slowly change because it's back to back years. But I don't right. ever, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not. He's not in the injury prone category for me yet. He's too young for that. And, and, and now that you go ahead. And I was I was just going to say Laquan Treadwell is definitely going to be there for the next two years. Also, I mean they they only save about like six hundred thousand dollars, six hundred and fifty thousand dollars by cutting him even next year. No, so he'll cut. he'll be there also as like a fallback plan. And I still think guy. he's disres- You know, again, he's a former first round pick. He's only twenty five years old. You know, he's still young. Twenty three, Laquan Treadwell. Uh, twenty three. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's only twenty three years old. So. There's still plenty of room for this guy to grow. This is a guy that we said was going to need time to develop anyways. And now he's just behind because he has two great players in front of him. And maybe he does. Maybe he shows something this year. And maybe they do. Maybe they just franchise Diggs saying, hey, we have him here. Uh, we'll play. We'll, we'll pay Treadwell if he right. shows something. The problem with him is it's just going to get hard to get those snaps when you got a guy like Diggs and Thielen in front of you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even even the tight end is, is pretty decent there, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Who I thought was older than he actually is. He's only twenty eight years old. Only twenty eight years yeah. old. Yeah. For some reason, I had him in my brain in like the thirties. You know what I mean? I think it's probably just all the injuries and stuff that he's had. Like in the past four or five years, it seems like he's been kind of. Well, you come to the league at like eight, you know, twenty years old. Eight years is a long time yeah. in the league. I mean, right. I have the same. I literally have the same note as you. Like Kyle Rudolph's twenty eight. Who would have thought? Yeah, I couldn't um, believe it either. I think he Kyle Rudolph gets hurt by the reception area too. But I mean, Kyle. Kirk Cousins does like to throw over the middle oh, yeah. a lot, and mm-hmm. that's where Kyle Rudolph can uh, play. Hurt, you know, he hurt his ankle in week 14, uh, bad enough where he had to have offseason surgery on it, too. Mm-hmm. And to me, Rudolph is more of like that red zone threat. Like, his 
his money in the bank is coming in through the red zone. That's where that's where he's going. That's where his big right. Payday's you see be. anyone behind him that that's interesting to you? I mean, he does he does count like uh, seven point six million in the next couple of years. I mean, Tyler Conklin. Yeah, that's you right. know, yeah. I want to see out of him, but if not, then they're going to draft somebody. Right. You know, it's and I said the cap number. I don't know what's, what's their cap situation like. They have about, about fourteen million right now, so they're fine anyways. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? They're, they're, I they're think fine. they, I think they have some guys that they need to sign, um, like maybe Anthony Barr or something like that's coming up um, after this year. They'll, the cap space will go up. They'll be right. fine. Yeah, you're so, right. So for me, where do you, where do you value? Speaking of tight ends, Kyle Rudolph. Where do you value Kyle Rudolph in the dynasty tight end realm? Is like, to me, he falls right in that seventh or eighth category of tight ends. But for me, and again, he's only 28, I know. But there's guys I would just rather, like, he falls in that category, like, no thanks for me. You know what I mean? I, 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 I can't think, trust him enough. I think you feel good if he's your backup. I think you feel real good if he's your backup, but that's. Well, yeah, you're getting tight end as you're, like, your backup. Right. That's great. But, but he, like, yeah, you don't want to survive off of a guy like that. In Dynasty, from the, so if it's redraft, yeah, give me some Kyle Rudolph shares. I'm going to float him. but still hopefully my backup tight end. Right. And this goes to my point why you want to have one of these elite tight ends. We're talking here about, like, tight end seven. You know, right around there, it falls like, off. Yeah, and we're like, hey, he's a great backup tight end. Meanwhile, he's 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 an upper echelon, high mid range tight end too. You know, or tight end one. Right. Um, but I'm looking for like, I'm looking for that upside guy, that that receiving guy. And to me, it's like, okay, does George Kittle fall in that category? You know, like, wouldn't you rather have David and Joku over Kyle Rudolph in Dynasty? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think he's just kind of a bland dynasty player somebody who if somebody a team if i had him and i had somebody like if say i had evan ingram and rudolph i'm trying to sell rudolph this year to yeah. anybody that's gonna buy you know i totally him. i totally agree with that for any kind of youth potential draft pick hold out maybe for a late first something along those lines they bring in kirk cousins from washington kirk cousins has been you know pretty consistent uh high yardage passer here qb1 what's good about kirk cousins bringing him in here is his passer rate in indoors is 100.7, and he averages 8.3 yards per attempt inside domes. Right. Outdoors, he has a 92.4 rating with 7.63 attempts per Nice. You know. Right, and obviously, I mean, you're, you're playing your eight home games, and then you're playing one also at at Detroit Stadium. That's So that's, you know, not, nine guaranteed dome games per year, you know, not to mention you could be on another rotation somewhere else. So and the weapons he has here is fantastic. Right. I mean – Talking about an upgrade for Kirk Cousins, it, it, and with that defense and the way Mike Zimmer runs things there, I mean, this could be – Kirk Cousins could finish just because of touchdowns alone. We might see his touchdowns ju- jump up drastically here, mm-hmm. which is going to be a benefit to Stephon Diggs. Steph- yeah, I was going to say all these guys that we're just talking about, basically. Absolutely. So, I well, I like Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. this year in Minnesota. I think he's a nice, sneaky – you know, mid-range QB1. And, of course, you have Dalvin Cook. Um, last year, week four, of course, he tore his ACL on October 9th. It was my birthday. No, October 9th, he had, the, he had the surgery, which was my birthday. So he's got a good 10 and a half months here for recovery. So he's good to go. Right. And when you're talking Dynasty Darling, I mean, he he is up there. I mean, he went 1-1 in a Scott Fishbowl uh, division. That's yeah, that's cr- I mean, that, loves yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That's but, a little bit nuts you know, to me, but I, I understand mean, saying about your guy. And you have the one-one pick. You want your guy. It's I mean, fine. I had Dalvin Cook last year as my number one rated guy. So I mean, I understand the love. We both had a Dalvin Cook as our number one rated rookie ahead of everybody. Right. And I get it too. I mean, the guy is 
I mean, carry-wise, I think the Minnesota Vikings last year finished second in the NFL in rush attempts. So the opportunity is there. And you own them, you own them right? You said you, you I have them in multiple leagues. Yeah, not the, not the same one as Le'Veon Bell, right? You have, own them in a different league? No, different league. I, okay. own, I own one of the leagues with you. Uh, one league, I traded them away for Allen Robinson and George Kittle because I had no receivers. Right. Um, so in that league, I tra- traded them away in there. But I have a couple of Dalvin shares because, okay. again, I, I think I have them like three leagues because we had them as 1-1. One, one, right. And all of a sudden, he started to slip mid mid you know right as like the draft season broke he started to slip a little bit you know available behind Corey davis right. behind leonard Fournette. say all of a sudden he's available at three and four and it's like you gotta get up there yeah and i would still take dalvin cook ahead of leonard Fournette. still would i just think he offers more in the passing game and more in a ppr, PPR format yeah because i mean latavius murray is not a ball catching running back uh mac brown same thing rock thomas uh. so i mean it's gonna be the the dalvin cook show with Latavius Murray kind of spelling him on right. some downs. Right. But I look for a fully healthy, in the dome, Dalvin Cook. I look for him to dominate. I look for him to be a running back one this year. And even that, that, that is going to be the last year of, of even splitting time with Latavius Murray if, if there is any sort of split because that dude's that dude's out the door. He's a free agent at the end of the year. And you can't stack the box against him. Right. I mean, that's the whole thing here. I mean, with the weapons around him, and if Laquan could show a little bit, you're not going to stack the box on him. He's going to have some good looks. They, they should have, you know, some really good red zone opportunity too. the touchdowns. We should be there could be a double digit touchdown guy. I mean, receptions could be what? What do you think? 50, 55 oh, receptions yeah. easily, yeah. Yep. Like easily right around there for him. 350 receiving yards, 1200 rushing yards. You're talking high end running back one numbers here for this guy in a crowded field of elite running backs. A guy who didn't play last year could easily get into that mix. No need to promote him up too much because everybody loves him. Everybody wants him, Dalvin Cook. When you're looking at a dynasty roster, if you had Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook all on your team, you're feeling pretty damn good about it. And that's all in one NFL team. Pretty crazy. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. Wide receivers, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, TJ Jones, and Bradley Marquez. Running back, Karrion Johnson, Theo Riddick, LeGarrette Blunt, Amir Abdullah. Tight end, Luke Wilson. Levine Toyo, I always mess up this guy's name. Toyololo. Toyololo. Uh, and Michael Roberts. At QB, Matt Stafford, Jake Ruddick, and Matt Castle. Let's go back up to the top here and talk about some of these receivers here. You know, Marvin Jones finishes last year, you know, with his 1,101 receiving yards, nine touchdowns as a wide receiver one. Great year. Right. Great year. Mm-hmm. You have Golden Tate, who turns 30 this year, 90 plus catches. For over the last four years, every single year, this guy has four, at least 90 catches. That's in Detroit. That's fantastic. Consistent producer right there. Yeah, you know, one of those guys who, like, ideally is like a wide receiver three in real life, you know, should be, but finishes as a wide receiver two because he catches so many damn balls. And yeah. not only that, but it's not just the balls he catches. Golden Tate's very elusive. Uh, Golden Tate is, is finishing the top three. Again, out of the NFL. He's finishing the top three in missed tackles force six years straight. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yards after contact, man. He's he's good at that kind of stuff. So you're looking here at two very quality receivers and two that really don't get a lot of respect, man. Uh, you can get Golden Tate in a startup late. Oh, you can get him super late, yeah. Which is crazy. I did a recent startup, Superflex startup. I got Golden Tate super late, like – 
round nine. I, I think say, I was going to say like ten. That's that's where I'm picturing him. Yeah, going right around there. And I like I was forced to take him. Yeah, like he was even my. He's and I'm starting him this year and my roster and I was like okay he's like my fifth receiver yeah, taken he's staring you right in the face I wrote to him I'm like okay if you guys are just gonna give me Golden Tate when I was gonna take him I was tempted to take him last round like I'm gonna take him and then Marvin Jones who finishes wide receiver one the number one receiver receiver in offense that loves to throw the ball by one of our favorite offensive coordinators Jim Bob Cooter oh, because Cooter. he's a pass tag attacking <laughs> offensive coordinator um, for all you Cooter lovers out there and. You get two really solid options here. And then don't forget about Kenny Galladay. Right. I mean, we're talking Dynasty Darlings a second ago. You got Kenny Galladay out there. I mean, he had a week three hamstring injury last week and last year, and then that was pretty much it for him. But, I mean, people love. He's getting hyped. He's getting hyped, obviously, in the offseason a little bit. And and with guys like Marvin Jones and, and Golden Tate ahead of him that are 28 and 29, respectively, right now, I mean, there's good reason to think that he's going to get a little bit of an opportunity. Golden Tate's also a free agent at the end of the year. So Kenny Galladay, you know, even if they stay, he's going to get an opportunity because I think, you know, I think he's he's got the talent. He's going to make it in the into the third wide receiver role pretty easily as long as he stays healthy. But with those guys getting up there in age a little bit, I mean, his his true opportunity is probably a year away where he's where he's really going to bust into a starting lineup and 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 make a name for himself and, and I mean, show everyone what he's actually capable of doing. I mean, at, at his size, I think he's like six, four in the two twenty range. He He's built like a true number one wide receiver or something, something that the Detroit Lions haven't had since, you know, Calvin Johnson retired. So it would be nice to, uh, to get a glimpse of this guy this year and, and really see his potential. I think before he gets next year thrust into a starting role, high upside player. Uh, I think the price tag right now for me is probably a little too high. Uh, just for what he's probably going for. I look at him more of a player I'd like to target maybe in season. Right. When, again, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are predominantly the guys right, that are the hype, producing. Right, when the hype dies down a bit. Yeah, they're like, oh, Kenny yeah. Galladay, and then comes in all of a sudden, like we're in week five, and he's wide receiver 42. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'll trade you for Kenny Galladay. You know, maybe maybe he'll do something next year. You know, Here's my second-round pick. I was going to say, that's like, I think that's fair value if you can get him for a second-round pick. That's... If you if you get him for a first round pick, you're overpaying, I think, at this point. So, yeah, but, and that could end up being tremendous value. You know, you're giving up a second round pick for a guy that could potentially be walking into a starting role on a really good offense next year. And when you're looking for a guy, I mean, if you're looking for somebody that you really kind of want to, if you need receiver help and you want good value, I mean, Golden Tate and Marvin Jones are both good targets. Right. I mean, those are both guys that are obtainable. Uh, one of them finishes wide receiver one last year. I mean, how many wide receiver ones are usually obtainable? Not not many. Yeah. No, and you know, or even like mid range wide receiver twos. Those guys are hard to come by, but both of these guys right now are completely non valued in the dynasty world. And I'm sure the guys that own them probably value them a little bit more because they actually know the true return on that player. So when you own a player, you know, like, hey, everybody else is undervaluing, but they're producing. But at the same time, they got to know, like, hey, everybody else thinks these guys are kind of trash. Maybe I should kind of get rid of them. So. You won't be able to get them for cheap, I can't imagine, but probably cheaper than their actual true value in the fantasy world, which is what's most important. Right. Again, we don't play this for you know a cute-looking roster or the best-looking names. Name appeal, sex appeal. Yeah, yeah, we play to get the most fantasy points, and we have two guys here that are producing at a high level for your fantasy teams. And remember, the first year in Detroit, Marvin Jones was kind of acclimated. His second year in there under in Jim Bob Cooter's offense, he, he exploded, essentially. Um, 
for those numbers. There's no reason to think there's going to be a decline there. He's something I would like to buy before the season starts if I need receiver help. You know, while his while his value is still depressed. Yeah, a little bit and at 20 for, years for old, whatever reason. At 20 years old, I mean, a realistic value of Marvin Jones for what he produces is a first round pick. But if you say that out loud, you're like, oh, okay, that yeah. sounds silly. Yeah, but there should be no reason you shouldn't be able to get a 20, give up a 2019 first round pick for Marvin Jones. Now, in reality, you got to use reality on your side here for Dynasty, and you should be offering, hey, I'll give you a first-round pick for Marvin Jones, and you know maybe you can get something back. Yeah, you know? I would think you sh- you would be able to get something back, third or second round or something, yeah. something thrown in. You know, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't even mind giving up. Hey, I'll give you my first and third. You give me uh, Marvin Jones in your second. Right. You that know, sounds fair. That's yeah. a trade that I would like to try and get, and I feel like the winner of that trade, barring on whoever you pick, but still a crapshoot, is going to be the Marvin Jones side. Definitely, if you're willing to compete, you're giving him a late first for, say, Marvin Jones doesn't repeat, and he finishes wide receiver 14, a high-end wide receiver 2. If you draft a high-end wide receiver 2 with your late first-round pick, you're going to be pretty damn happy about that. Right. You're going to be like, yeah, I won. Yeah. Look who I got. I got a wide receiver 2. He's, he's, he's in know, my starting lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, people are, are getting uh, going from 6 to midnight on Cooper Cup, you know, and he's a wide receiver 3. Right. Studs. Winners. Champions. Championship. Speaking of winners, you see Jeff Bezos uh, became the richest man in the world. No. The last couple of days, $150 billion. Who's that? Jeff, he's the owner of Amazon. Oh, yeah, that guy. So I did the math, right? I'm 38 years old. I divided the weeks. I know I'm completely off topic here, but it just popped in my head. All right. So I did the math uh, to be worth $150 billion. If you paid me weekly, from the day I was born, weekly, until for 38 years, how much money do you think you have to pay me a week to get $150 billion? Just a guess. Round number. Quickly. $100,000. $75 million a week. A week? A week. For 38 years, you have to pay me. Remember, Matt? seems like too remember, much. I know, but remember <laughs> when I told people the difference between a billion and a million? Yeah. A million seconds is 12 days. A billion seconds is 31 years. Right. He's worth $150 billion. Yeah, that's a lot. He's a real winner. Yeah, he's a real dynasty champion. Wow. Nobody, nobody needs that much money, mm-hmm. no, except for me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so those are, that's where we feel about that. Kenny Galladay, we think he's an in-season buy. We think Marvin Jones is a before-season buy, and Golden Tate could be even had way cheaper than. I feel like you can get Golden Tate for a second-round pick if somebody's not a legit contender. But hey, dude, I'll give you a second-round pick for Golden Tate. You know, he's he's thirty. He's going to be a free agent this year, and people are like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Here, take him, please, take him. <laughs> right. I mean, I think I think you're you're not that far off. I mean, I think you might be slightly over. I mean, you might give up. I'm sure the guy would rebut like, "Hey, give me your second and third. But even still, that's fair value, right? In my eyes. But I'm sure I can see a lot of people like rolling their eyes as they're listening to this. But dude, I ain't giving no second and third round pick for Golden Tate. I'm like, all right, I guess you don't want to win. I want to win. Yeah, I yeah. gave you uh, Tariq Cohen. Yes, you. Who do. We're gonna talk about soon here. I who I love this year in fantasy football for him because I needed a receiver and I wanted to win. It happens, man. Moving on here, you have at the running back position, they have Kerryon Johnson. They have Theo Riddick, LeGarrette Blunt, and Mayor Abdullah. Now, remember, they traded up for Kerryon Johnson. Oh, yeah. And not only did they trade up for Kerryon Johnson, they gave up pick 105, and they trade, gave up a second-round pick next year for him. Now, remember when I was talking about Alvin Kamara last year? And I was like, you know, I made bold predictions to be a running back one was, you know, they gave up a lot for him. They gave up their third-round pick, and they gave up a second-round pick next right. year. That means they want to use him. 
And what did they do? And he finished running back one. I feel the same way about Karrion Johnson. This is a guy who I liked a lot pre-draft, who I kind of hyped up a little bit there in our rookie draft shows, who I said I liked a lot, um, who I made a case for of why you would draft him over a guy like Darius Geis. When the Lions made that move, a lot of people were like, ooh, they're training up for Darius Geis. Not so fast, Pat Sajak. It's <laughs> Karrion Johnson, a guy who showed that he could catch the football coming out of Auburn. Now, here's the only thing with Karrion Johnson that somewhat worries me is, does LeGarrette Blunt make the team? Well... He basically has a $2 million guaranteed contract. So, yeah. so he's making the team. Yep. So when it comes to goal line work, it's going to be LeGarrette Blunt most likely. Yep. And I would I would bet 75% of those carries are going to go to LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, I mean, obviously, barring some sort of injury, that it's going to be – I think that's LeGarrette Blunt's role this year. Passing downs are going to be either Theo Riddick or Mayor Abdullah. It's, it's, it's going to be Theo Riddick. It's going to be Theo Riddick. Yeah. So that leaves Karen Johnson – I'd be surprised. Do you, do you think Amir Abdul is going to make the team? I I don't know because there's some talent there, but probably not. I would be surprised. I'd be surprised too. But he'll land somewhere. Maybe the best. Maybe the best buy low here is Amir Abdullah, because maybe he fits in the right. Maybe he finds himself in the right scheme somewhere. When if he does get cut and he gets signed somewhere, I think there's some talent there with Abdullah. Um, the problem is. You know, when you got like Theo Riddick, who we've always said is kind of some of the same skill set. Yeah, those, those, both those guys, Theo Riddick is better at catching the ball than Amir Abdullah. Yes. And that's Amir Abdullah's strong point. Yes. And everyone else on the team is better running back than Amir Abdullah. So, yes. I mean, it just doesn't leave a spot for him. You know what I mean? Like, but if he, that's what I'm saying. If he could find himself in the right, like, say, like, okay, for example, what if in a different universe out there, uh, the, the the 49ers traded the Lions. They gave up a seventh-round pick for Amir Abdullah. And it's not Jerick McKinnon that signed there. People are going to be like, oh, wow. This We're, is a good situation. No, I I, I, I do agree. That I like the, these Amir Abdullah shares. That there's, be, there's better places out there for him because he's just been buried. But I, I don't I don't love the talent, so I'm not going to like. I don't love the talent either. But I don't, I like I'm not going to go over the moon if he goes somewhere and. I'm just not ready to throw in the towel on him. You know what I mean? Like I don't think I, I, get it. I don't yeah. think that, I don't think that ship is sunk. I think the white flag is out. I think the the small uh, little boats, little rowboats in there in the water. You know, little boats when yeah. the boat sinks. Yeah, you know, the boat gets small. Oars, oars, oh, or, or what? <laughs> the oars are in the water. The oars are in the water, as Matt would say. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good that's a, that's a good little slogan we we can start going on. Hey, how do you feel about uh, Amir Abdullah? Let's say the oars are in the water. Yeah. What do you mean? The ship has already sunk. <laughs> That's great. We just came up with a great saying. All right. We're going to have to use that going forward. Let's write it down. People are going to start asking me, they're like, uh, what do you think of this player? I'm like, oof, oars are in the water. Oars are in the water, oof, sir. Look at us. We are some, we could be marketing executives. <laughs> we basically are. Um. So he, but, but from that standpoint, is the only reason I'd be looking to maybe acquire Abdullah not for this year, but for the future year. So maybe he gets cut off the Lions and somebody cuts some other dynasty mm-hmm. roster right away. I'm picking him up. Maybe I can get Amir Abdullah for a six-round pick, right, which is nothing, right. a fifth-round pick. I'm willing to give that up just to see where he lands. I mean, I feel like you should be able to get him for like probably a fourth or fifth round. Yeah. Fourth for sure. 100%. You don't think the juice is worth a squeeze on that bad boy? No, I mean, for a fourth-round pick, it might be worth it, but. Just to see where he ends up. Oh you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I can't think of the right system for him right now, uh, but somewhere, somebody's going to need a pass catcher running back. 
Hell, I mean, what if, like, even in Oakland, we're talking about bringing in Le'Veon Bell, what if he doesn't go there? You know, they could use a pass catcher. No, back. Oakland was the one that came right to my, my brain initially as well. So, I mean, I don't think that would be the worst place in the world for him. And Carrion, I think Carrion's going to be a guy who's going to look pretty good this year. Um, I think if I had to predict it right now, if I had to bust out the – okay, let me – it's been a while. Break him out. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't don't tease us. Hello, balls. It's been a while. <laughs> Sweet crystal balls. <laughs> Please tell me, will Carrion Johnson be the first running back since Abraham Lincoln was president <laughs> – the top a thousand yards rushing, oh no, hundred yards a hundred yards in rushing a, in, a, in game. a game. Oh, crystal ball, say you bet your sweet ass he will. Detroit ah, Lions knew it, knew it. So where I think the pass catching uh, points won't be there, I think the touchdown points probably won't be there. I love Karrion Johnson going forward. I think his true value is going to come in twenty nineteen. When he's going to catch some more footballs in 2019, the Garrett Blunt won't be on the roster. He'll be the goal line back. I think he's going to be a great buy this offseason because the fantasy production probably won't be there. And I think in 2019, he's going to be a legit running back one potential player there. I'm with you there, man. I, I really do think next year is his year. Um, he's going to get bolstered a little bit too much this year. But, but moving forward, um, it's going to be his show. Yeah, so this is where you put a big star next to Karrion Johnson. Because remember, he was, he's going to finish in your league anywhere from 8th to 12th pick, probably closer to 11th. I would bet in 80% of the drafts, he's going to finish right around um, 11th. I would love to talk to our... Uh, you mean of, where, where he's getting drafted? Yeah, this yeah. year. Like uh, our, one of our writers, Zach Fafelski, uh, he does. A, he has a hot chart on his graphs for to tell you where a player is. Not his ADP-wise, but exactly where he's going usually. So his ADP might be... Say a guy gets drafted one 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 one, and he gets drafted like six. Mm-hmm. Then his ADP is at like two or three. Right. But his true value is most likely he's going to be one one. Right. So there's just this one outlier. It removes outliers. Basically. Yes, exactly. So I think like a guy like Karen Johnson, mostly going to be right around pick ten, pick eleven, right mm-hmm. around there. So next year, if I have picks, say in a class that maybe I'm not overly excited about right now, which you know it's probably going to change when the rookies get here, and I'm get little my nipples are going to be against the ice cubes there and that. And I'm thinking where, you know, say I pick six or seven, then, hey, man, uh, I'll give you Karrion Johnson for my first round pick this year. So they look at it as where, okay, I'm moving up five spots right. from where I drafted them. And meanwhile, you know, you know, Karrion Johnson didn't really produce. I don't listen to Dynasty Nerds podcast. He didn't produce like I thought he was going to produce. You know, he didn't really catch a lot of footballs, didn't really score a lot of touchdowns. So I'm going to cash that in and, and try to get a – Get a fresh go of it. Yeah, I'm going to draft Barry Sanders Jr. over here, and I'm going to draft him instead. So I love him for 2019, man. Not in love with him this year, and that's fine because I can live with that. Because if you draft him, you draft him as a championship-caliber team unless you need a running back. Even then, he's going to be viable. Right. Like I think he's going to be viable for about you know anywhere from 6 to 12 points per game, barring he doesn't score a touchdown. But I think we're talking about the 18 to 24 points a game in 2019. I'm with you there, man. I think I think next year's his year. You feel like what do you think about the pass catching back here, like Theo Riddick? What do you think? Just situational again, flex flex spot, bye week filler kind of guy. I do yeah. viable enough to get you just enough points to make it like okay, worth 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 the guy roster spot here. 
I think he's definitely worth a roster spot. Oh, that yeah. for sure. Yeah, because um, he, he's going to catch a bunch of balls. But um, usable. I mean, we all have those running backs that we have on a roster that are rosterable, but they're not usable. Like, no, you, Rick falls in the category of a, a usable asset. You don't want to be using him every week, but, yeah, like you said, bi-week fill-in type of guy um, and a guy that can get you through some injuries or something like that. Quarterbacks, I'm not really allowed to go over here. Matt Stafford, really good quality right. uh, quarterback, over 60% completion set percentage with uh, Jim Bob Cooter as his offensive coordinator. I think he's about right around 63 64%. I can live with that. That's how much I throw the ball. The interesting spot for me here is tight end. You know, they signed Luke Wilson to a one-year deal. I think it's for like $2 million. $2.5 million. Runs a four five one. He's only averaged about 20 catches a year. While in Seattle, the last five years, right, and but he flat. I mean, I think he flashed a little bit of, of ability, and he was vulturing uh, a lot of catches from Jimmy Graham in the you know the past couple of years as well. So I mean, he was never the guy there, and, and so it's he wouldn't be the first person. Let's put it this way: he wouldn't be the first person to leave Seattle and and all of a sudden start producing, you know, for fantasy purposes. So, um, I don't think they. I always thought it was an odd an odd fit Jimmy Graham going to Seattle to begin with because they didn't use the tight ends that much before that. So, I mean, it was hard to get a real beat on Luke Wilson. And I, I remember hearing interviews um, with Pete Carroll and him kind of gushing over Luke Wilson and loving his athleticism, but then they still never used him. That was before Jimmy Graham got there. So it's, I think there's a lot of talent there and we'll know for sure pretty quickly um, here in this new offense, whether or not it's clicking at all and, and, whether or not it was a Luke Wilson issue or it was like a Seattle's offense issue. Yeah, and at the same time, the Lions like to utilize. I mean, the opportunity is there for Ebron to succeed. Oh, they've been, got, they've been trying with, with Pettigrew and then Ebron, and the guys just, they fail. They can't catch the football. Right. It's that simple. So it just comes down, can Luke Wilson catch the football? Right. And if he does, I guarantee that, I guarantee right now there are people listening to this, and Luke Wilson's on your waiver wire. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. Scour that waiver wire. Pick this guy up. I think he's a great snag in late leagues for best ball leagues. I think he's a great snag off the waiver wire. I think he's he's attainable. Not Again, not where I'm expecting big things, but for where he is right now, a guy who's going to be a tight end one on this roster with this offense – Who's the potential on your waiver wire? This is one of those guys I've literally had my eye on since like his rookie year. Because, because like you said, he runs like a four or five one. Like his measurables, good are spark off the chart. Yeah, his, his measurables are really off the charts for a tight end. So I've always kind of had him in the back of my mind. And after a couple of years of watching him, I think I even rostered him a couple times early on in in his in his days in Seattle. And it, the production just wasn't there out of any of the tight ends. So I ended up dropping the guy and dropping him in. And I picked him up again this year when he, when he went to, to Detroit, just because I think it's, a, I think it's a flyer and I think it's worth it for a guy like Luke Wilson. I had a roster spot, you know, I mean, obviously Hunter Henry going down kind of, kind of caused me to, to scramble a little bit at the tight end position. So um, Luke Wilson's a guy that I'm at least taking a flyer on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you say worth a roster spot, that's not even debatable. Worth a roster spot, we should cut somebody over at the bottom end. Like, if you have a stacked roster and you're like, uh, who do I hold on to here? There's got to be somebody at the bottom where the upside's there for yeah, Luke Wilson. Right. As a backup tight end for your team, if you need any kind of tight end help for him, again, you could probably trade for this guy for, again, a six-round pick. Oh, for nothing. Which is nothing. Yeah. I mean, or just some, just find somebody on your roster you want to cut and then right. offer that guy. Uh, potential for Luke Wilson, but I think he's really good value where I'm not expecting big things from him, but the potential for big things is there. 
Any any trepidation with with or, or thoughts on Michael Roberts, the other tight end uh, there, the guy out of Toledo last year, who's kind of like a touchdown machine? Hell to the no, because here's why. Now I know that Luke Wilson blocked on sixty percent of his place in twenty seventeen for Seattle, but Levine Toyolo he blocked on seventy three percent. Michael Roberts blocked eighty one percent of the time. And he and he was he was athletically kind of poor. Yeah. Out of, so coming out of college, those guys are blocking tight ends. So I'm not even worried about them. Okay. Like trying to to me, it's Luke Wilson or bust. Right. That's it. Unless they like somebody else gets cut, they sign somebody, bring in like Antonio Gates or something happens. To me, it's Luke Wilson or nothing. Because again, I mean, when you block on 81 percent of your on on your you know downs, right, right. you're you're not going out for passes. Okay. You're, you're like Jordan Howard. Speaking of Jordan Howard, <laughs> let's, let's move on, move to, the on to the Chicago Bears, shall uh-huh. we? Yeah. At the receiver position, you have Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Kevin White, Josh Bellamy. Uh, at tight end, you have Trey Burton, Deion Sims, Adam Shaheen. At QB, my hometown kid, Mitch yeah, yeah. Trubisky, and Chase Daniel. At running back, you have Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, and Benny Cunningham. Is there um is there like uh a running back's situation that's not as sexy to you as the Bears? Is there one that's less sexy? Is that what you're saying? I don't know what kind of vocabulary you're trying to throw at me, but yeah. Whatever <laughs> synonym you want to use over there. <laughs> Webster. Uh, it's hard to think of um I mean I like Tariq Cohen and, and Jordan Howard obviously in a non PPR format's a, a pretty good running back, but I'm sure a million people are gonna say tons of running back situations because Jordan Howard's had some pretty good success over the last couple of years and I like Tariq Cohen too. But like there's no depth there. Oh no, there's no depth. It's those two guys if if they suffer injuries, you know, they're they're in a world of hurt there. Basically. And I mean you're talking that you know, Jordan Howard for me, I've been saying this forever. It's He's a guy who's done well the last few years. I am selling Jordan Howard everywhere. This is a guy, I mean, last year he averaged 5.21 yards per carry. Last year he averaged 4.07. I mean, that's a almost over a yard less per carry. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. I get it. Everybody was hurt there. Nothing going on. Issues. Way yeah. easier to stack the box against him. So, you know, I think, I think he faced a stack box on 43% of – his runs, which is a lot. That I mean, is a lot, yeah. That's a lot. And but this guy had and he had less than eighty yards out of eleven of his sixteen games. He had fourteen drops over the last few years, which is number one by running backs. He's I not mean, good at catching the ball. He's the true definition of stone hands. I've said this probably thirty five times on this podcast. There's he's literally the worst when people talk about Jordan Howard and it's like, Oh, what about the catching game? I'm like, he's literally the worst pass catching running back in the NFL. Like I don't say that to like bust balls. Like he's statistically the worst pass catcher running back in the NFL. That's where you have Tariq Cohen, who is coming in. You're bringing Charles Nagy in there. Uh, uh, Oregon's offensive coordinator. Look for Tariq Cohen to get a little bit more involved with our boy Mitch Trubisky. I think Tariq Cohen is going to be a nice, sneaky PPR running back this year. I absolutely do as well. Um, if If I had the choice between the two, it's probably long term it's going i mean this year it's it's probably gonna be jordan howard's gonna score more fantasy points but but long term i think Tariq cohen's the guy i would want as well no doubt about i'd want cohen over jordan howard long term jordan howard for me falls in the category of when i like do a dynasty startup and if i had like a written list in front of me 
there's like a certain number of players I just cross off the yeah, list, right. right? He's a like, he's a he's a plotter, he's a volume back, he just needs Jordan Howard. Yeah. Never ever 0.0% I would draft him. Like literally 0% I would draft. He So okay, when you say 0%, if he fell to like, you know, the ninth round, like Golden Tate, then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll take it. Then I'll take him here. Right. You know? But <laughs> right. I mean, there's, always, there's a place there's a place for everybody. But uh, with the love of quarter running backs and the need of running backs, if you have Jordan Howard, I am flipping him, man. I mm-hmm. am looking at – there's every league has running back needy teams. Every team in every league is pretty much running back needy, no matter what. Like I said, in the league that we have together, um, our old 15-year league, I have Leonard Fournette, I have Melvin Gordon, and I have Le'Veon Bell. In my first-round pick, which is 11th pick, I took Karrion Johnson. Right. Because you can never have too many running backs. Never. So, for me, with the name value, the fantasy production there, I think you can get a pretty good return for a guy like Jordan Howard. You could probably get a first-round pick plus something mm-hmm. for a guy like Jordan Howard. Go well, for it. Go for Do it, it, dude. Cash get a in. P- get a PPR guy. I mean, I would take like a guy like – I would take Duke Johnson somebody's first for Jordan Howard. I would, too. Right? Yeah. I'm not even like a. I mean, I think Duke Johnson has value. I don't love him as a Browns fan. Um, I just don't think he's tough enough as a runner. He's only the most second elusive uh, playmaker in the NFL. I understand from a fantasy standpoint, he is a good player. So, um, but I would rather have him than than Jordan Howard. Yeah. So, well, yeah. so if you can get like one of those PPR running backs that kind of offset the point differential because Jordan Howard's only relying mostly on yardage and touchdowns, then. Do that in a first, man, because I think Jordan Howard is one of those names where, like, oh, look at that guy. I remember Jordan Howard had, like, a couple good fantasy years, and then poof, poof. Yeah. Poof goes the dragon, yeah. right? And he and he's super affordable for them right now, so he's going to be there for the next couple of years. I mean, literally, Tariq Cohen's making more money than he is, or <laughs> is, or at least counts more against the cap. So um, he's going to be there, or they can cut him whenever the heck they want, really. I mean, it's, it's really – from a from that standpoint, if his production doesn't line up, you know, or they want to get rid of him, they can get rid of him whenever they want. Sell, sell, yeah. sell, sell, sell that guy, sell that turd, definitely sell him, put him on the market, the black market, the white market. I don't care, the green market. I don't care. I don't care. Just put get him, him out there. Put that dude. Hey, hey, Matt. The oars are in the water. <laughs> okay. Uh, look at the receiving core here. You got out that, you know, they obviously signed Allen Robinson to a big time contract. Taylor Gabriel on the outside, Anthony Miller in the slot. Who knows what to do with Kevin white, former first round pick. Um, and Josh Bellamy, who actually the bears tendered, he was a restricted free agent and the bears actually tendered him. So they want him around mm-hmm. and a guy like Gabriel, Taylor Gabriel. He's just more of like a go deep kind of receiver, deep threat guy. Never averages more than 4.5 targets a game in his four years in the league. So, for me, it's the Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson show. And Anthony Miller is somebody that we've been talking about for a while now. As, right, right. As, yeah, basically, as soon as we watched the tape and, and like, our, our second day of wide receiver breakdowns, we, we were like, we should have been talking about this guy in the first day of wide receiver breakdowns. You yeah, know, so and I, I mentioned I traded away LaShawn McCoy for 2-1 and 3-1 this year. Right. And my whole attention was to trade away. I'm taking Anthony Miller. Right. So anybody that's in our Smash Mouth Rookie League, which is this Sunday, oh, yeah, our rookie is draft. This Sunday, isn't it? It is this Sunday. Yeah. Or is this Sunday the twenty second? Yeah. It is. It's this Sunday our rookie draft. Our last rookie my last rookie draft of the year. It's always the last one. Yeah. I am taking Anthony Miller if he's there. And then if he's gone, I'm taking Michael Gallup. But I'm taking Anthony Miller if he's there. Well you shouldn't you, you know? shouldn't be telling me that because I have the pick right before that. Okay, well I'll take Michael Gallup too. <laughs> I mean 
whatever just, you want. Just, just that was bad strategy on your whatever part. Whatever you want to do, boo. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I there's t- I, I I told you that before though. I'm okay with him or no, Mo Gallup. So just messing. You know, I'm, just, me, I'm just messing with you. You know, he's got the hands. Ten and five eight hands. He's a target machine, uh, PPR guy. A guy who could be Mitch Trubisky's best friend. Remember how Mitch Trubisky loved Ryan Switzer? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Anthony Miller is way better than Ryan Switzer. Yes, he is. And Allen Robinson coming off the injury, you know, had a poor year before that. I expect big things out of Allen Robinson. I expected him to be a target machine as well. But if something, if there's any kind of hiccup, I mean, a guy here that could be the guy is Anthony Miller. I mean, Absolutely. Taylor Gabriel is not the guy. No, he's not the guy. And and looking at Allen Robinson's contract, I mean, he counts eleven million dollars against the cap this year, but fifteen million dollars against the cap next year. And they can they can get out from under him, out from underneath that contract and save eleven million dollars by cutting him next year. So it, essentially, he's on a one year prove it deal. And if and if they like what they see, they can keep Allen Robinson. How, how much was guaranteed of that deal? Uh, I don't have that right in front of me. But um, so I, I would imagine it'd be one year because I, 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 they had to give him more than eleven million guaranteed. No, the dead money if they cut him this year is fifteen million. He's only eleven million, which means they wouldn't have a cap savings this year and next year. He counts fifteen million, and there's only a, a four million left of dead money, which is bonus money. So yeah, which has been bonus money. Okay, so, so I mean, if he must have only gotten around twenty million. Again, million. I, I look for uh, him to have a pretty solid year. I look for Allen Robinson. Looks like when I even gave Galvin Cook for him, I didn't give up Dalvin Cook thinking, hey, I'm getting a top six fantasy receiver. I'm looking for what I expect out of Allen Robinson. Out of my realistic goals here for this year, coming back year one, is high end running wide receiver two numbers. That's what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. mostly. Anthony Miller, I'm kind of looking for low end wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three numbers, mostly on a guy I can, I can envision him being a 90 catch football kind of guy. No, he definitely, you know, that's what he profiles as long-term. I'm not sure, obviously, this year if, what he's going to really produce, um, just getting acclimated to the game and all that. Uh, but he can be he can be one of those slot guys. I think he can be one of those. I think he's strong enough that he can line up outside as well and, and be a, a pretty pretty nice option, either number one on a team or, you know, like one of those guys that, that's a slot guy who who doesn't is not actually the wide receiver one on the outside, but is really the the, the first target in the offense. And I totally, when I was speaking out of note, I, I was looking at my notes earlier, and I messed that up when I was talking about how the uh, the Lions gave up a second-round pick next year for Kerry and Johnson. I oh. was totally thinking of the Anthony Miller trade when they gave a pick 105 and a second-round pick, pick next year. Oh, so they gave up the – okay. they For moved, Anthony yeah, Miller gotcha. is what it was. So I know that the Bears – the Lions did trade up for Karrion Johnson, and I maybe they didn't give up a second. I just don't recall. Yeah, but I know in my notes I wrote down they gave up pick one hundred five, um, pick one hundred five, and next year's second for Anthony Miller. So they get now. This was a team that had a high draft pick. They give up a second round pick next year for Anthony Miller. So much you believe in this guy. I got to go play his foot, get upfield. Oh man, really good with the ball in his hands. I think he's great value here. I like him and Michael Gallup a lot, but in this situation, I like him with Nagy's offense a ton to be that kind of. PPR solid receiver, you know, 90 catches for 905 yards and four touchdowns. Oh yeah. Oh, thank you very much, ma'am. Thank you. Those are good wide receiver two numbers. And maybe they, you know, maybe these guys aren't fantastic, but maybe they're two solid wide receiver twos. And obviously the upside there is on Allen Robinson. And if Mitch Trubisky take a big step forward here, we're looking at a really good receiving core going forward for the Chicago bears. Right. And there's already been news out. Um, 
specifically from uh, Kyle Long saying that they're going to be they're 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 already starting to take the training wheels a little bit off um, in the new offense, which is which is encouraging to hear, you know. Yeah, and that's expected for every right. quarterback going forward here. And then the tight end position, you know, Trey Byrne, they bring him in. This is a guy who played fifty percent of his snaps out of the slot uh, last year. A guy who we said to pick up last year early in the year, and I hope a lot of you guys took that advice and picked him up because we said he's going to be a free agent and find himself in a good spot. We mentioned about some players sometimes, and sometimes it works out. This is a guy that works out where every time he came in there for some spot duty for Zach Ertz, he produced. Yeah. He was, he was a big-time um, big backup, one of those guys you can really tell was, was on the cusp of emerging in the NFL. And I'm sorry, backtrack one second here. No, more, no more apologies. Kevin White. Yeah. Does he ever do anything? I don't know, man. This is the last year of his rookie deal, so um, did not pick up his fifth year option. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, big surprise because it's guaranteed only for injury, and all this dude does is get injured. So this is really the the prove it year for him. I mean, in my eyes, proving it would just be like staying healthy for this year. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just just stay healthy, get off this team, and get somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like get get onto another contract because I mean it's they've already moved on. They've they've brought in, you know, Anthony Miller. They they've brought in Allen Robinson. The spot for Kevin White is probably somewhere else. It's, for he's the gone future. no matter what. Right. So um, just stay healthy this year. Show some flashes here and there, and and I'll be I'll be rehooked. You know what I mean? And, and he presents good value if he can the do odds that. Are just so highly against him. People people that. Have Followed his path over the past with what he's done have never, ever succeeded. Well, I mean, he's had some pretty freaky, weird injuries. I, so, hey, just going off the past, man. Statistically, he'll never succeed. Um, the talent was uh, the talent in college was was crazy, and the athleticism. You just wonder how much of that is left over after the injuries, which which sucks. I'm treating him. Like he was like I'm Sir Mix Sir Mix a lot and he's got no buns. Oh my god. You so, don't want none. No I don't want none, son. Yeah. No. So back to Trey Byrne. <laughs> back to and we digress. <laughs> I do want some. All I right. think again, you know, that safety net. We're talking about Andy Miller. Can Trey Byrne come in? And with that char- you know, with that naggy offense, I mean, he's in a pretty good situation here to be a mid range tight end one. Oh, yeah. the gates. I definitely think so. Yeah, I mean, if you look at at Nagy's past, um, you know, you know, it, it doesn't take long to to tell that he likes to to uh, feature the tight end. So, I mean, I think Trey Burton, obviously, his skill set is that of a wide receiver, basically in the tight end body. So he, he's going to be the guy that's that's catching a bunch of passes. They didn't pay him money, all this money in free agency to not catch passes. I mean, they gave Deion Sims. I think like two million guaranteed, right? So he's gonna be on the roster, but we can't forget either here, Adam Shaheen. Right. No, uh, absolutely. Coming out of Ashland, we said this guy's gonna take about three years to develop. But again, a really good athlete, inline tight end here, with Trey Byrne playing fifty two percent of his snaps out of the slot, it's very a good possibility they they can go a two tight end set here with no other receivers really, you know, maybe kind of fade out of the Taylor Gabriel game here. Go with Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Adam Shaheen, and Trey Byrne. I mean, he's a big, athletic guy. Oh, yeah, 6'6", six, six, like 270, man. He's, yeah, he's a, a huge guy. Who could be a real nice over-the-middle kind of threat there. So even though they're bringing Trey Byrne here, I'm not slamming the door on Adam Shaheen either. No, not not at all. I think Trey Burton's going to be the the guy that's, that's featured. 
um, especially for like the next year or so. And, and uh, you know, obviously it's going to be up to Adam Sheehan to see how much he gets on the field and, and how much, how many targets he actually gets. And he's just one of those guys I'm not cutting. Like he's, oh, he, heck no. for me, he's a very nice long-term play. Just like a lot of these tight ends, like Trey Byrne, for example, he plays out his four-year contract, goes somewhere else, be successful. And then maybe in year three or year four is where we really start to see him come on. Um, but I like him as a long-term stash. It doesn't matter how long, until until he's done, until we know he's done, I'm holding on to Shaheem for about four years. Easily. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, initially it was one of those things where we knew that it was going to be a long-term thing anyway with him, just coming from, like, D3 school. So, you know, you went into it thinking, hey, I'm going to have to hold this guy for probably three years before I see anything. Yes, you're going to hold him tight. You're yes. gonna you're gonna hold him. You're gonna love him. He's not a hit it and quit it kind of guy. No. This is a long term relationship, all right. <laughs> and maybe it's long distance. You know, it, it, he's down there. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't see him all the time. Right. You know, honestly, you're barely gonna see him. <laughs> but you care about him. You do. And you're not gonna cut him loose. No. And every time he feels lonely, you're gonna pull him a little bit closer, give him a little hug, let him know you love him, then put him back down at the bottom of the roster. Yeah. Or taxi squad. Whatever. Yeah. No. But what, you know, hey. Whatever you have to do. Shaheen. We still like you. We do. We still care about you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get up here and give me a hug. <laughs> Let's move on because it's getting late in the show. We're, we're, already, we're already past our. Snoochie boochies. Come on. Let's move on to these Packers. <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Again, another situation here. We got some really good dynasty gold here. At receiver, you have Devontae Adams, one of my top five dynasty startup players. Love him. Uh, Randall Cobb, Geronimo Allison, Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown. Uh, you also have. Uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yep. At running back, you have Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, Aaron Riptowski, mostly the fullback, though. Right. right. Yep. So he doesn't really count. Um, tight end, you have Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Lance Kendricks. At quarterback, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Hundley, and Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser is the opposite of one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He is actually 0 16 as a starter. I know because I watched all 16 starts. Turdferg. To the fullest. Uh, so, at quarterback, not much to go on here. You got Aaron no. Rodgers. Recently came out and said he wants to play till 40. That's great news. Literally one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen play. Love watching him play. Love watching this dude play. Tight end, you have Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, Lance Kendricks. You know, when you mentioned Seattle didn't really utilize Jimmy Graham to the fullest, he was the number one targeted player in the red zone in the NFL. And that's all they that's all they, they seem to throw to him in the end zone, uh, you know, and that was it. Yeah, he had 26 targets, which is gross. And that's all they used him there. So the only thing I would be worried about Jimmy Graham here is if, like, Mercedes Lewis somehow bart, vultures some of those kind of tight touchdowns. Right, but you got to think they're at least going to use him but, in, yeah. you know, between the 20s a little bit as well. Exactly. They will utilize it because, I mean, the receiving core isn't as deep as right. it's been over the last couple of years. I mean, Geronimo's got some nice upside here, but so Jimmy will be utilized a little bit more. I think he's going to be, I think for this year, he's going to easily be tight end five oh, right yeah. around there. I, I definitely think definitely so. The touchdowns yep. there. So before we get to receiving core, which I want to, which is what I want to finish on the running backs here, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery. You're talking about a smorgasbord of confusion. People don't know who you want, where to get them, who to play. Are you playing any of them? Where are you going with this? Who do you want? Who don't you want? Who's a starter? Who's going to get the most carries? Right now, Matt, tell me. I'm going to ask you right now. Who's going to finish with the most fantasy points out of the Green Bay backfield? Jamal Williams. 
Okay. That didn't take long. Um, and, and here's my reasoning. I do think that Aaron Jones is going to be set back a little bit by this early year suspension. Two games. Two games. For and smoking I, that marijuana. Smoking the reefer last year. Sweet marijuana. And I just haven't seen I, – I, I haven't seen enough from Ty Montgomery to, to think that he's going to be able to stay healthy. Banged up, man. Yeah, he, I mean, it literally took him one game to get beat up to the point where he, like, couldn't function. He By tried. Week three, he was out with yeah, those he, ribs. he tried and he tried and he tried. It took him one game of, of, of going between the tackles and getting beat up before he just couldn't handle it anymore. And and Ty Montgomery is – this is the last year of his deal as well. So he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I think they're going to want to see what they have in Jamal Williams. I think, I think by week four or five, he's going to be established as the guy and it's gonna be too late for Aaron Jones before I put my sweet balls away let me give him one last you, rub you huff and puff <laughs> sweet balls sweet crystal balls and this is a question not only do I need answered but our entire audience has been waiting an hour and eight minutes for this answer who will lead the Green Bay Packers in fantasy points from the running back position Aaron Jones. Oh my god. That's right. Aaron <laughs> Jones, people. Greenest. I know Jamal Williams last year had 153 carries for 556 yards. Good for a solid Matt. 3.6 yards Ooh. per carry. Not too sweet. Uh you got uh, you know Adam Jones comes in last year. Uh his first game he got to play. 125 yards and a touchdown against Dallas. I think he's the better running back. Second game, 131 yards, two touchdowns against New Orleans. The most explosive running back on the roster. The guy is fantastic. Jamal Williams, okay, solid running back, right? Not sure. a bad, not a bad end between the tackles thumper. But you know what? You might as well call him. You might as well for me call Jamal Williams Eddie Lacy 2.0. That's what I'm looking at. Again, in that offense, he's going to be pretty solid. He's going to be a good quality running back. But when I'm looking at explosiveness and somebody's going to fit Aaron Rodgers' game, give me Aaron Jones all day long he had so jamal williams had 153 carries for 556 yards and 3.6 yards per carry aaron jones had 81 carries for 448 yards matt that is good for 5.5 yards average and four touchdowns and yes he's going to be suspended for two games smoking a little weed but he's going to be allowed to play in the preseason he's going to be allowed to work out um and unless ty montgomery can come in and establish himself as that change of pace running back or just the running back, the Packers for a team that likes to go with the hot hand at running back, it's going to be hard to keep Aaron Jones off the field. He's literally going to stick something where it doesn't belong in the coaching staff's uh, siblings or uh, children to really get in the big-time doghouse for me. I think the talent is there. I preached it during his, the rookie draft. I said, why would you take Jamal Williams where he's getting when you can easily get Aaron Jones around Aaron or two Jones. later? The guy has the talent. He has a talent that I saw on tape. And it pre- tri- you know, progressed into the NFL. I like it. I think Jamal Williams is that guy. Again, will he be good for the Green Bay Packers? Absolutely. Will he be good for your fantasy team? If he's the guy, for sure. Because any running back on the Packers who's the guy is going to get your fantasy points. The problem is you have Ty Montgomery, who I think they're going to utilize a little bit more in that change of pace running back role a little bit too, but kind of as their slot receiver. I was going to say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Ty Montgomery starts shifting out wide more. Just because, I mean, look at their depth chart at, at, at wide receiver. Yes. So, I think Ty Montgomery is good value, and I'm not raving Ty Montgomery off. I think he could even be a possible flex person in the right situation. Definitely, God forbid, if an injury comes down to one of these receivers. 
But for me, the guy I want to own and I think has the best long-term value here is Aaron Jones. I think Jamal Williams is kind of capped on what he's really going to give you. I think he's one of those guys that's kind of like, ugh, you know, like the name's there, the offense is there, but I just feel the fancy production out of him isn't even worth you can get out of trade value. I would love to trade Jamal Williams for somebody that does believe in him. I think if he's, I think for those first two games of the year, when he does come in and he's going to put up some good numbers, he's probably going to score some touchdowns because of that offense he's in. And if he doesn't score, I think the numbers would be there. I am selling, selling, selling Jamal Williams, and I'm buying, buying, buying Aaron Jones. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with you that Aaron Jones is a better running back. Or did you ask me who's going to score more, more points this year. I think Jamal Williams is this year. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, don't, I wouldn't mind selling the guy. I have him. Uh, I wouldn't mind selling him. So, when we talk about the receivers mm-hmm. here, you know, Randall, Randall Cobb is in the slot. Devontae Adams is outside. And, again, you're probably going to use Geronimo Allison on the outside. I'm intrigued because, you know, they invested a fourth-round pick, I think, in Jamon Moore. Uh, they invested a fifth-round pick in Marquez uh, Scantlin. And then you got Equinemia St. Brown, who's just a big-bodied receiver who's got some really good upside there. Right. I mean, all, all three of those guys are, are bigger-body types. So, I mean, it looks like they were looking for a certain type of guy, and they just kind of threw as many darts as they could this year. And Allison's been, like – you know the team likes him. But to me, he's just kind of like I don't know. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that I've kept an eye on, and I even I even have him rostered in the league. Uh, but yeah, I would I would say he's meh as well. Like he he just hasn't sh- he hasn't shown enough for me to be like super excited about him. But the offense that he's in, Randall Cobb being a free agent at the end of the year, I mean, I'm gonna hold the guy, you know, just you know through this year probably to see what the heck I have in him. But if he doesn't flash anything to me, I won't have a problem cutting him at some point this year. So, and it brings us to the stud. The guy who I said a while back, and he's since I've said this, he's risen up in his dynasty value, I would say pretty tremendously. When I made a point, I think you and I sat here, and I made a point is why you should draft Devontae Adams over Mike Evans. It was you and I, yes. Yes. Gen- generally, me and you are the ones doing the podcast. Yes. So we sat here. <laughs> And we just we we went through it, and we were like, "Wow, we moved Devonte Adams to the top five. And I saw some people out there tweet some things. Some of them weren't nice, saying, "You guys are crazy. Why would you put Devonte Adams that crazy high? like a fox?" Oh, <laughs> I love me Devonte Adams. And people are like, and I love when people are like, "Whoa, what has he done? What has he done?" I don't know. Let's see what Devonte Adams has done. Well, coming out of college, he led the entire college football in touchdowns. So far in the NFL over the last two seasons, Matt, guess who's led the NFL in touchdowns? Um, is it Devontae Adams? It's Devontae Adams over the last two seasons. And guess who's his quarterback? Uh, it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so that falls in the category for me as kind of what goes into Alvin Kamara when I could make Alvin Kamara comparisons. Like, you know, is Alvin Kamara the best running back in the NFL? No, but I sure love the situation he's right. in. Is Devontae Adams the best receiver in the NFL? No. no, no. He's got a great situation. He's got a but great he's quarterback. In the bat- he just signed a long-term deal with Aaron Rodgers. He is going to score touchdowns. He's going to be a wide receiver one consistently. Since consistently, I love me some Devontae Adams. And listen, you know would I most realistically take Mike Evans over Devontae Adams in a startup draft? Yeah, but mostly it's because I know I could try and make a move and get Devontae Adams after him. It's just about <laughs> being realistic. There, I would take Michael Thomas ahead of him. You know. 
Uh, but for me, I'm taking Devontae Adams over Julio Jones, and I'm taking him over A.J. Green. Personally, me. I mean, I wouldn't have any problem with either one of those, just just due to age. I mean, obviously, Devontae Adams is what, 24 or something like that, 20, 25 maybe. I think he's 25. 25. Um, and those guys are, are nearing the end, I would say. So you're going to get you know, another four years out of those guys. And out I'm of not, him up before those guys. I'm not – again – when I say this, where I have him ranked doesn't mean you have to necessarily draft him. That's why you have ADP. You know, you can get Devontae Adams with, but what I've seen him go lately, you're looking at. He's definitely creeping up. Yeah, yeah. you're looking at pick 11, 12, or like 2 1, 2 2 at the latest. So mm-hmm. that's why I love that. Like, I would love to have pick 12 there and then somehow hope like Michael Thomas slips to me or not, or get, at least I'm getting Devontae Adams no matter what. Like, he's a guy I want to own. Every league I made mood for him last year. Um, I have a lot of Devonte Adams shares because I've targeted him heavily. Um, our league is the one league I was never really out able to get him in, even though I sent over one thousand three hundred eleven <laughs> trade offers. I've had one thousand three hundred eleven rejections. I think you came out a little too strong. I, I, did. <laughs> I, I, I showed up to him. I was like, "Hey, hey. you want a drink?" And like, what's that fizzle in it? I'm like, "Oh, it's just a roofie colada." Just a roofie colada. Now let's talk <laughs> let's trade. Let's talk trade. Take a sip first, though, baby. Come on. <laughs> so. Uh, I love him. I'm the president of the Devontae Adams fan club. I would, I would make serious. I, I offered him Leonard Fournette and you know for him. That was a big no. Uh, it, it, I am making offers for Devontae Adams, and I'm doing everything at this point. I feel like it's too late. But if you started that bandwagon train back when I started this, which was a year ago, then you hopefully were able to get him as well. I think he's locked in this year, Matt, with a healthy Rogers as a top six. Fantasy wide receiver. I I won't refute that, man. I love him. Love him. Yeah, it's good stuff. So that's it. Um, I got a little news and notes that just popped over the the the, the Ooh, roto wire here. I'm, I'm blind in this. So I don't know. Um, so Ricky Seals Jones was just arrested and charged with assault, disorderly conduct, and like criminal trespassing in Scottsdale, Arizona. So, oh, dude, GM, the the GM's getting busted for DUIs. Yeah, yeah. Now my. Now my breakout tight end of the year, who I like, just gets busted for assault. Yeah, uh, it, yep, assault, disorderly conduct, and criminal trespassing. So basically, he went somewhere and hit somebody when they told him to off his yard, uh, or property. It sounded like he was getting kicked out of a hotel. Basically. Uh, okay, I can live with that. Yep, but we'll see. It, and you know what? If he's going to get suspended for a game, I can live with that too. Yep, it's it could have been worse, but it was one it was one of those things that that came down right here at the end, so I figured okay. I'd mention it. Definitely news and notes. Get out of the way for news, next year. News and notes. So next episode's not an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, this is like how do we end up on one of the longest episodes of the year? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Covering NFC, that's a lot of talent here in NFC North. There is. Oh, you know why? It's because we were talking Le'Veon Bell for a little while. We were like a fifteen minute yep. talk about that. Yep. And, uh Brandon Cooks. But hey, hey. We we don't we don't have a we don't have a hard out. Nope, there's no timer. Here. We come here and give you the information that you need. That's right. I mean, that's why we could do two podcasts. We have so much information. It just flows, man. So we'll be back next week again. Only one podcast this week. I know, I know. Put the phone back in your mouth. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you check out dynastynerds.com. You foam at the mouth for the show, Matt. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't wave your eyebrows at me like you don't. Get... Put the foam back in your mouth. I thought foam. you said phone. Phone. Like a telephone. I was very confused. Sorry. Okay, ET. Uh, so 
Check out DynastyNerds.com. Uh, I updated my rankings recently, but I'm the only person that has their updated rankings because we are building that new ranking system. And all the people on there now will not, I think besides Brandon Penny might still rank for it, keep ranking, will no longer be ranking. Uh, so they've just kind of stopped because there's no point. Matt will be ranking soon. Though. I will be once, yeah, once that new site. And guess what? We're going to have Superflex rankings. New tweaked site is up. IDP rankings. Mm-hmm. PPR rankings. Maybe even do a little uh, redraft rankings uh, for the redraft season. We'll see. Um, but make sure you check out com for all those great articles. Because, listen, it's, the, the, right now is a complete dead season. So what's better than getting up on some knowledge and some fantastic Dynasty Nerds writers? There's nothing better. Well, maybe wearing one of our T-shirts. Well, you can always buy one of those fabulous T-shirts, Matt, on com as well. It's literally the most comfortable T-shirt you will ever wear in your life. Guaranteed to increase your high-five intake, your sex life, and make you look better in a mirror. Your nipples will thank you. Uh, and don't forget, it has our logo on it, which is probably the best logo in all of Dynasty Fans football. Definitely. I mean, I don't want to be bragging, but <laughs> bragging, that logo is pretty damn sweet. Uh, if I was if I was going to be like a whole bunch of tattoos, like I was a tattoo dude, uh, I'd get the logo tattooed on me somewhere. I mean, you're just a couple of tattoo guy. I'm just a couple of tattoos, all done from the age of 18. I uh, I'm a singular tattoo yeah. guy, and it was which was 18 too. 17. You were 17. Oh, that's right, because your mom took you. I went with you. <laughs> yes, I was you there. Did. Yes, you did. And you were 17. Yeah. Matt, that was 21 years ago. Let's not talk about that. Man, we're a little old. <laughs> if we had a small child, if my child was born when you were getting a tattoo. Him and I can go to the bar after this episode. <laughs> My tattoo could get a drink right <laughs> now. He could totally get a drink. Uh, Stupid tattoo. He looks great. Uh, yeah, your tattoo's not as cool as my tattoo. Hey, mm. we live and learn. Yep. We live and learn. We both do. So, um, of course, buy the shirt. If you want to give us, if you want to support the podcast freely, hop on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. We always appreciate that. Matt, we surpassed the 600. We're at like 619 already. <sighs> Just powering right through, Look man. Yes. Can we get to 700? Eventually, eventually, you know pump, what we do? Pump the brakes. When we do get to seven hundred, we'll probably give away the t-shirts. Um, I did talk to both t-shirt winners. They both reached out. They heard the pod. Nice. Both those shirts are going out tomorrow. Actually, cool. Uh, so, but again, they got the free shirts. You should buy a shirt. Why? Because it, every time we sell two shirts, it pays for the podcast for a month. Yep. Because that's what it costs. You have to pay for these things, unfortunately. Yep. Doesn't, ha- doesn't just happen for free, unfortunately. Four and a half years, me and Matt over here shelling out, shelling out our own whole hard cash to provide you this knowledge. Well, the t-shirts have kind of paid the way. The t-shirts have started paying yeah. for them. And donations. Yep. And giveaways. Yep. And other things we've done. But in the meantime, if you want to talk Dynasty Fans Football, we can do it via Twitter as well. You can hit me up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And until then, folks, we'll be back. We only have two more divisions to cover. And then guess what? Training camp Training is camp. here. Can't wait for all those ACL tears. Oh, Hope man. it's not my guys. Yeah, me neither. But when you're in 11 Dynasty Leagues, it's going to be one gonna of be your guys. Your, it's going to be your guys. See you soon, friends. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.